How many all are grateful for peace? Come on, I asked you how many people are grateful for peace? Man, and, and if, you, if you don't know this, we're in a series right now called Peace, and, and last week we started off this series by talking about the source of our peace. Who is? Jesus. I heard someone say Prince of Peace. Hey, yo, come on, really paying attention. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and he is our source, and, and a lot of what I'm going to say today is kind of... Uh, after receiving Jesus in your life, what I'm going to say today would make sense. So uh, I would encourage you, if you didn't hear last week's message, go scope it out. You can do it on all the things. There's a lot of different ways to look at stuff, so just look at the stuff. Sound good? Sound good? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, I wanted to start off with some scripture here today. We read this last week, but I wanted to dive into it. And, and how many all know there's so many different angles to scripture? Like, scripture is so packed by God himself. So let's look at 2 Thessalonians 3.16. And as we read this, if, if you would, church, please read all of the bold words with me. You along for the ride? Awesome. Let's go. Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. This morning, I want to talk about peace in the present. Can you say peace in the present? You see, that first word there is a big word. It says, now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. So, so this isn't talking about experiencing peace someday when everything settles down. When all the circumstances line up, then I'm going to have peace. I mean... Good luck getting there. Because truth of it is, I mean, circumstances can all, all line up and all be great. But how many of y'all have ever had a season of life where there was a calm, yet you still didn't experience his peace? Anybody? Like no specific circumstances seemed like they were revoking you of this thing. It was just like, why don't I have peace? And it's because peace is not a byproduct of circumstances. Peace is a fruit of God's spirit in you. And it says that now, can you say now? Now, now God himself will continually, can you say continually? continually? That means keeps on going. No matter what, he will grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. This is all a byproduct of God's presence in our life. Because peace is a person and his name is Jesus. And, and, and if you are in his presence and you are living in relationship with him, then you are going to have peace. You are going to have peace, church. And this is good news. This is beautiful news. And if you haven't received Jesus, this, this is an invitation today. You want peace? Embrace peace himself, Jesus Christ. And it's weird what he does. I can't even explain it. It's funny, I, I came to Jesus in, in the messiest of my hot mess, you know? And, and I gave my life to him. I was like, okay, God, I see these people in my life. It was like Pastor Paul and Dana's family. You know, they were a, a little weird seeming to me, you know? <laughs> Pastor Dana's always like, I plead the blood. And I was like, you what? What are you doing with blood and why? You know? 
It was really confusing to me. But you know what? I was in my absolute worst. I saw what they had, and I knew that I didn't have it. And, and, and so I was just real with God. And it's funny because sometimes as Christians, we think we got to figure this all out, how to say this stuff perfectly, and that's not the case. If you will just level with God and say, whoa, I am aware of the fact that I don't have life. I, I feel empty. I have a lack of peace. And you invite him in to take care of that. He will. And you know what's funny? Not all of my circumstances changed right away. When I gave my life to God, it's not like, like every situation just magically, poof, changed. Now, over time, I've seen God do some beautiful things. Don't get me wrong. But what was so strange is I had a peace inside, even though nothing outside had really changed. Isn't that interesting? And so I want to talk again about peace in the present. You can have peace now because you can have God with you now. And if you've received him in your life, you do have him with you now. And he never leaves you nor forsakes you. Amen, church. Amen. Now, peace in the present and me saying, hey, hey, church, we need to live in the now by implication means we should not be living in the past. Can I get an amen? amen. Nor should we be spending all of our time living in the future. Can I get an amen? amen. And, and what I want to talk about today is the beauty of submitting every moment, the right now, to him. And what he does in that. And not letting ourselves be robbed of his peace by, by being bound to or romanticizing either the past or the future. Because those are our two tendencies. We tend to escape the present. We have a lack of peace, and therefore we go, I just want to get out of this. So I'm going to go into future mode. I'm only going to think about the someday when everything's good. Hashtag American dream. We're going to work, 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 you know? <laughs> and one day we're going to get there. And then we'll be happy and peaceful. We made it. There's a, there's a reason why a lot of people make it but they don't make it, right? And you could say the same thing about the past. You know, we, we have a tendency to romanticize it or, or escape reality or be bound to it. And again, I'm just encouraging us to live every single day in the present, in the moment, letting God be real to us. Sound good? All right, let's hash this thing out. So let's talk about the past. Let's look at Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 19. And again, read bold words with me. It says this. This is a prophecy. And this is something God was saying through the prophet Isaiah. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Can y'all say new thing? new thing? Read this with me. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Here's my question, church. 
Are we not perceiving something God wants to do now because we're caught up in the past? How, I wonder how often I'm dwelling on the past and I'm, I'm ignoring the voice of God and what he wants to do today. And again, this isn't, this isn't to say, what, how could you? This is to say, here's an invitation. Invite God in now. Don't dwell on the former things. Now, we can dwell in multiple ways. Did you all know that? Sometimes, sometimes we can dwell on the nasty, and sometimes we can dwell on the good, right? Um, listen, Christianity is not about make Christianity great again. Did you hear me? That's, that's not Christianity, y'all. Christianity is let God do what he wants to do today. And it might not look like yesterday. It might not. It might look really, really different. Now, let me prove this to you. This, right before this portion of scripture, are verses 16 and 17. Profound, right? Let's look at them. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Next verse. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Whoa. Whoa. Come on, y'all. Listen, God's done some awesome stuff in the past. I'm not taking that away from anybody. But what I am saying is do not let what he's done in the past become a box in which you confine his influence. Do not turn a previous experience or movement of God into an idol which prevents you from serving him wholeheartedly today. That needs a bigger amen. amen. Because church, we change it. We are always changing. We are always changing. And we want to see what God has for us today. Amen. So let us not be a people who romanticizes the past. Oh, the good old days. You can have some good new days. Because he's doing a new thing. And you can either camp out in the past, and honestly, you're not going to have your peace. Maybe in that imagination you'll have temporary peace, but God, the, the, God's peace accompanies his call. Right? You are going to have peace in whatever he is currently calling you to do. And you therefore won't have peace in what he called you long ago to do, and you already done did, and now he's calling you into some new things. Right? And change, if you let the past become an idol, listen to me, church, if you let the past become an idol, even what God wants to do in your life will become threatening to you because you feel like God himself is being attacked when really he's the one attacking your idolatry of the past. Does that make sense? Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? I know idolatry is a heavy word, ain't it? This is a big one, you know? But again, anytime we recognize idolatry, it's a beautiful invitation to go, oh yeah, Jesus is Lord. Everything is his. And I want to live with him today. And I don't want anything to get in the way of that. So I say this because if you're living in the past, 
going, what is wrong with this generation? Right? There is so much smack talk about millennials. Shut your mouth. I love you, and I'm a millennial, so I'm, I'm not just, I could say this about any generation. Don't talk bad about any uh, group of people or whatever. Listen, we are all alive right now, right? Are you alive? Okay, then whatever generation you're from, God wants to do something today in your life. And it might not look the same as what he's done before. Through others or through you. It's an adventure. And there's peace in it. And if we've been experiencing a lack of peace by romanticizing the past, let's just lean into the present. Amen? Let God move in. It's beautiful. So that's one of the ways that the past can kind of rob us of peace. Um, another way that the past can have a tendency of robbing us of peace is when we don't romanticize it, but instead we dwell on the bad, the hurtful, the painful things of the past. Anybody ever been there? Um, anybody ever spend their entire day thinking about something dumb they did when they could have been investing in the present and changing things for Jesus? Yeah, me too, man. And I, I, bleh, it's such a nasty tendency. And I'm calling us all out as a church to say, uh-uh, let's not do that. Let's be a people who actually says, right now, right now, God, I am yours. Yesterday was yesterday. Guess what? There was a wise ape who said it best. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. Anybody? Rafiki? No, Rafiki? Come on, man. Okay, anyways. Y'all need to watch The Lion King. <laughs> yes. So, what I would say to anybody who the past is hanging over their head is just to call to mind and to remembrance. And I believe the Holy Spirit saying this to you. You are a new creature. In Christ Jesus, old things have passed away, right? And all things, can y'all say all things? Always. All things become new. Let's, let's pull it up so you don't think I'm just saying words at you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Y'all can read the bold with me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us this ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Y'all ready? Not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. This is good news. God is holding nothing against you. That's it. I get one hallelujah. God is holding nothing against you. That's good news, church. And, and that doesn't line up with where our headspace always is. What, why are we holding stuff against ourselves that God is not holding against us? That doesn't make sense, right? I want to live in, in the truth of who I am in Christ. And I am a new creature in him, and therefore old things passed away. See you later. They're dead. And I'm talking about the dumb stuff that you did 
before you embrace Jesus as your Lord and the dumb stuff you did this morning on the way to church. Because sometimes we think that when we got saved, all of a sudden, God's holding things against us. And that's ridiculous. Now, I'm not saying that he will not call you out of nonsense. Thank God that he does. Right? He is our Lord and he leads us. Right? And that's beautiful because, man, if I, I gave my life to Jesus because I knew that I sucked at being Lord of my own. You know? And he will regularly lead us out of stuff, but he does it in such a different way. You see, the leading of God is fruitful. He reveals something to us, but he comforts and helps us out of it. Whereas if I alone self-analyze and reflect on my shortcomings, they hover over and haunt me. And they become a burden that's just weighing me down. And there is zero fruit to that. Did you hear me? There is zero fruit on dwelling on the mistakes of your past. Right now, you have opportunity to change things. Amen, church. This is important. You need to know that you can live a life without regret. Scripture says, uh, godly sorrow brings repentance without regret. And that's so beautiful to me. Because it's like when God reveals his truth and beauty to us, we go, oh, why have I not been living in that? But it causes us to then immediately embrace it. And therefore, there is no regret. Because you're repenting, you're changing direction, and you're embracing it in your life is a reality. And there's no regret to moving into life. Amen, church. So don't let the past hover over you and haunt you. Submit it to God. You have been forgiven. Lamentations, check this out. This is a powerful portion of scripture. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. Yeah, it never ends. Not like you got saved and all of a sudden you get like the condemning something else from God. His faithful love for you never ends. Ever. His mercies never cease. Praise the Lord. Great is his faithfulness. Listen to this, y'all. His mercies begin afresh each morning. That could get a good amen. So don't carry yesterday into your today. And if you screwed up yesterday, it's okay to admit that. But go, okay, I screwed up. That sucked but God is great. Let's go. That's different, isn't it? And spending the rest of your day meditating on what you screwed up or what the enemy was trying to accomplish. Because again, we talked about this last week, but Satan, yes, he's real. Yes, he sucks. Yes, Jesus has placed us all above him. Amen. He is called the accuser of the brethren. And that means, again, I said this last week, but I could say it again because a lot of people contribute the work of Satan to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit convicts us by leading us into the truth, not hovering the lie over us. And the accuser of the brethren, Satan, wants to make you feel like a nasty old turd the rest of your life. You stanky. 
You don't belong out in public. Right? Let's let God lead us into peace today. Peace today. Don't be robbed of your peace today by mistakes of the past. Let God move in, course correct us, and we can experience the peace that correlates with his call. Amen? So those are the two traps of the past. As, as I was studying and kind of looking this over, I found it really interesting that, that there's the same temptation to do with the past as there is with the future. Um, you know, sometimes, so, so we talked about romanticizing the past, right? Oh, it was so great back then, you know? We can do the same thing with the future. Someday it's going to be so great. And, I mean, if you're talking about heaven, cool, right? Like new heaven, new earth. I'm not anti-hope, right? But what I am anti is making up some elusive idea that every circumstance is going to align and you will experience peace because of that. That's not real. That's not real. And even, even if all this, ah, we already said this, even if all of the circumstances do chill out, that does not guarantee peace of your heart. Because peace is from him. He is source. Right? And so don't romanticize the future, you know. One of the hardest things about not living in the present and, and, and living in the past or living in the future is nobody gets all of us. God doesn't get all of us. The people around us don't get all of us, right? Like, have you ever been around people and, and you've just been considering things of the past or the future and not even been where you are? Right? I've had Kara speak things to me and I'm off in la-la land somewhere and I, I, I do not hear, I, I genuinely do not hear what she says. She thinks I'm like ignoring her having heard her. I'm off in la-la land. I don't even have ears to hear because I'm not present. I'm thinking about the past or the future or whatever. Come home. Be here. Don't, don't give half of yourself to God. Give all of yourself to him. Be here. Be holy here. And let him do something. Don't shortchange him or the relationships that you have with other people by giving half of yourself over. Be present. Amen? So, the future. We can romanticize it. We can say, somewhere I started that in a higher key than I thought I was going to, man. Woo! We got there, y'all. That's where Monique kicks in, you know? I need that octave. Goodness gracious. So, there's a difference between a dream and a distraction. Um, we talk a lot about dreams in the church, right? How many of y'all have ever had God give you a dream? Yeah? Uh, man, he's given me dreams. He's planted things in my heart that I know that he has for me to move forward into, right? But that's different than making up a future 
where you are distracting yourself from the current condition of your soul. Did you hear me? Don't distract yourself from the current condition of your soul with someday stuff. Let your soul be healed today with his peace right now. And in that peace, we can move forward into whatever future he's given us, whatever dream he's planted. But don't wait to receive his peace. Amen, church. So, we can kind of escape the present, romanticize the future. Um, another way that we kind of get robbed of our peace in the present is by this nasty old beast called worry. Can y'all say worry? Yeah, anybody ever worried about anything before? Show of hands, please. Okay, not every hand went up. Hmm. Yeah. Anybody ever worry before, ever? Yeah? Come on, y'all. Interactive. Let's go. I've worried before. I've worried before. And Jesus very clearly calls us out of this. Let's look at Matthew 6:34. Jesus said this. He said, so do not worry about tomorrow. This is after he spent a bunch of time saying, God cares about you and he wants to care for you. Then he goes on, he says, so do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself. Y'all ready? Each day has enough trouble of its own. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Message translation says this, read with me, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up. Man, we get worked up, don't we? Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Listen, you can have peace today about today. And you can have peace about tomorrow, knowing that God is going to be with you there. But you will not have peace if you cumulatively pile today, tomorrow, the day after, on today. I'm telling you, we were not designed for that. We were designed, if you're not meant to carry any load, God's carrying it with us. But guess what? Day by day. We go, God's with me, let's go day. Not, oh my gosh, what about tomorrow and then this other day and this other day? And this is real, y'all. This keeps me from burnout. For real. If I look at my calendar, if I spend too much time on my calendar, oh my gosh, I start to freak out. You know? It is absolutely, man, being a grown-up, has like given me real opportunity to worry. You know? Because like we plan things as adults, which means that I have this stack of things that are going to be done and I could see them all stacked up if I wanted to. But I've had to make a very intentional decision to go, no, plans aren't bad, right? And making plans tomorrow is not inherently bad. But taking on the care of tomorrow, the whole week, the whole month, you're going to run yourself into the ground day by day. Let's do every day 
with God and let him do something today in your life. Now what that doesn't say is put off today's challenges until tomorrow. Right? Right, church? Y'all alive? Because that's just like the backwards version of the same trap. You're going to still be piling things up, but now you're piling them into the future and you're going to dread it. Don't do that. Day by day with God. Don't hide from the stuff. Go, okay, Lord, let's go. And you're actually going to be able to do that with peace because he's there with you. And he's promised that he will do this kind of life with you. Right? So, <laughs> honestly, I don't even know if this has anything to do with anything, but it's underlined in my notes, and I feel like humanity just needs to hear it. You don't have to have it all figured out. Okay? I want to set every person in this room free right now. You don't have to have it all figured out. For real. I mean that. None of y'all need to have it all figured out. Grown-ups, they don't have it all figured out. They don't. None of us do. None of us should. That's an interesting way of looking at it. You got it all figured out. You're going to be putting preliminary boxes out where God can't move anyways. Right? Wow. We've been yearning for something that's not even healthy. Having everything figured out beforehand. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Day by day with the Lord. Right? And the peace in that. <laughs> so if you got it all figured out, you better check yourself. <laughs> that smacked in a way I didn't know I was gonna. Woo! So the alternative to all of this, obviously, is peace in the present. Can you one more time say peace in the present? God has peace for us today in the midst of any and every circumstance. Let's, let's pull up 2 Thessalonians 3.16 again. Read this with me again, y'all. Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. Notice it says in, not before, not after, but in every circumstance. That's interesting, isn't it? Now, some of us might think that, you know, maybe this is just talking again about good circumstances. You know, in every, this is just, the, the translators missed a good, you know? Silly translators. Well, let's look at what Jesus said in John 16, 32 and 33 says this, I've told you all this, that trusting me, or so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured. How many of y'all want to be unshakable and assured? Come on, you got to want it. If you're going to get it, how many of y'all want to be unshakable and assured? Yeah. Me too, man. And check this out. Deeply at peace. Whew. Deeply at peace. Jesus said this, y'all. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart, I've conquered the world. <laughs> Come on, man. So Jesus outright said this, guys. We are going to experience difficulties. That's just real talk. I, 
That's just living in a battlefield, man. This place is not as God designed it. And so we're going to see a lot of stuff that is not of him. Sometimes attacks are real. But found on the rock of Jesus Christ in our hope being in him, we can be steadfast and assured, deeply at peace in this life being led moment by moment with Jesus Christ, regardless of circumstance. Regardless. Regardless. I know that that's a big word, regardless of circumstance, but I need to say it a few more times. Regardless of circumstance, regardless of circumstance. Pastor Stephen, you don't understand what I'm going through. Regardless of circumstance, you can have peace right now. Does that make sense? No, God said it didn't. God said it didn't make sense. Check this out, let's read in Philippians. Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. Says this, be anxious for Nothing, but in everything, by prayer, so that's talking to God, and supplication, that means giving it to him, right? We supply it to God. With thanksgiving, we're grateful that he's working in it. Let your requests be made known to God. Y'all ready? And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It surpasses all comprehension. People are going to look at us and be like, what is wrong with you? Why aren't you upset about this? Because circumstances aren't my hope. Jesus is. Right? Zoom out, Jesus. He is our peace. He is our hope. And he's always with us, so your hope is fulfilled. Right? No matter what. No matter what. And sometimes, church, we need to encourage each other in this. this we're, we're called to build each other up and to edify one another. And, and that means in the middle of stuff. Right? That means in the midst of circumstance. And I'm not saying that God is never going to get us out of the circumstance, but I ain't waiting until Sunday to experience his peace. Manifestation or not, right now I'm experiencing peace. On the journey, I'm experiencing peace. And I believe it's his will and his heart to accomplish all this stuff, but I refuse to live an inferior life because of what the enemy is doing in the world. I refuse. Me too. We have his peace. That is a promise from him. He said it's going to be nasty in this godless world. Yeah. Take heart, y'all. You got me. And again, I just remember when I gave my life to God. Circumstances still sucked. <laughs> but in here, everything was different new creature. Old things passed away. All things became new. Oh, Lord. Often we pray for God 
to change a circumstance when we could just receive his peace in the midst of one and have the clarity we need to get out of it. Did you hear me? Uh, in, in, I think it's 2 Corinthians 12, I should look. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 12. The Apostle Paul kind of tells this story about a thing called the thorn in the flesh. Y'all ever heard of that before? Yeah, and, and a lot of people think a lot of different things about what it was, but he was pretty clear about it was. It was, a, it was a spirit that was stirring up humanity to constantly be coming at him and attacking him, running him out of cities, all this stuff, right? And so what Paul prays, he says, Lord, take this away from me. Change the circumstance. You know what, you know what Jesus says? My grace is sufficient for you. Hashtag most annoying answer ever, Jesus. Uh, Paul, I already did it, man. My peace is already available, and, and I can show you some things right now. Listen, y'all, we cannot control other people. Stop praying that God is going to control other people. He doesn't do that. He doesn't. He didn't do it to me. He doesn't do it to you. He's not going to do it to anybody. And we live in a world where people are acting a fool, right? But we don't act a fool. We go, God's peace is available right now. And I can live freely with him no matter what. So sometimes we go, Lord, change this, when really he wants to change this. So powerful, man. So... 2 Corinthians 12, this is, this is after his talking about um, the thorn in the flesh. He says this, Therefore I am well content. Man, how many of us can say this? We can say this, church. Today you can leave this place saying this because your hope is found in Jesus. Check this out. Therefore I am well content with weaknesses, with insults. How many of y'all have been insulted? doesn't have to revoke you of your peace. Why? Because your identity does not come from anything other than Jesus Christ. Right? People can insult you. Whatever, man. Like, you don't tell me who I am. God does. And we're good. So I'm good. Relax. <laughs> right? God loves you. Chill out. You need to experience some of this. You know? with distresses, with persecutions. Man, and this is talking like real persecution, man. Right? Like the Apostle Paul's not talking about like, they just weren't nice to me. <laughs> right? Like, uh, we're talking like getting like stones, big rocks thrown at his face. Like a lot of them. Right? Like when's the last time like a crowd of humans threw rocks at your face? If that's happened to you, he's got you. But like that, it's kind of a wake-up call, isn't it? Like, man, if he can give peace in the midst of that, he can give peace in the midst of whatever. For Christ's sake, for, wait, let's read this together. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Recognize any weakness, every moment of conceived weakness as an opportunity for God to minister to you and through you. Did you hear me? 
because there is so much strength in that. Yielding to the attack or giving it back. Neither of those will give you the peace that God will give you. Did you hear me? Neither of those will give you the peace that God will give you if you will simply say, hey man, God, this is hard. You know it's hard. You've experienced these things. I need your help. And then he moves in in a mighty way, uh, a countercultural way. He shows love where everyone else would show hate. We experience peace when everybody else would be freaking out. Right? Yeah. It's beautiful. It's his promise. It's his heart for you. So, I don't know if I said that in this service or not, but peace to me is just as profound as any other miracle. You know? Um, man, uh, miracles are interruptions of nature, right? Of natural things, right? And having peace in the midst of absolute chaos is an interruption of nature with the divine. It is a miracle. For us to be experiencing peace in the midst of something is like, that's undeniable. As a matter of fact, sometimes, and you see this even in scripture, sometimes people can look at a miracle, a momentary thing that happened, and they can kind of start like reasoning around it. Right? Like God does something real and powerful, and then we're like, yeah, but maybe it was just this. Peace? It's a lot harder to do that with peace in here. You know? And I, man, miracles be in Jesus' name. But peace be in Jesus' name. Right? And so I'm just saying, man, let's just as much be hoping for peace in the midst of anything as, as, as a way out of it. Right? So lastly, I wanted to read this um, kind of over all of us and to us. This is the same portion of Scripture in Philippians, but we're going to read it in the Message Translation. And I just want to speak this out over all of us, to all of us. Remember, man, Scripture, this is God's word to us. Let this be God speaking to your heart right now. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. If you receive that, Say amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Yeah, hey, we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving. So if you would like to be a part of that and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com slash give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So. Love y'all. God bless you.